0: He's the Game Misconduct podcast with Don Lagreca and welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct a little pre Thanksgiving feast for you here as I am live here in one of my favorite places Raleigh North Carolina it's such a, a quaint place a nice place to come and visit and it's really becoming a hockey market just need this team to play well I really did think the Carolina Was a playoff team this year, I still think they can make the playoffs, and we'll see what kind of building we get tonight with the uh, Hurricanes struggling just a tad, but they have won a couple of games in a row, and the Rangers come in here limping with Ryan McDonough out, we'll get into that in a second. I'm live here at PNC Arena in Raleigh, North Carolina for the first meeting of the year between the Rangers and the Hurricanes, and that game can be heard on 10.50 a.m. with coverage beginning at 6.30 and the drop of the puck with myself and Dave Maloney at 7 o'clock, so we'll be all over That There were three games last night I want to get to before we get to a slew of games as we're going to have 15 games tonight. We can't have 16 because we don't have 32 teams. We have 31, so only one team's not playing. And the one team that's not playing is Edmonton. And there's real problems there. Uh, There really is. And where to begin? The beginning usually is about Edmonton's inability to score on a consistent enough basis with the talent that they have. And we've discussed it quite a bit here on game misconduct about their lack of wingers and they went out and got Camillary and it's a little too early to tell whether that's working or not. But they also have an issue in goal. Cam Talbot is a tremendous, tremendous story. He is. And I loved him when he was with the Rangers. And of course when the Rangers won the president's trophy, he played in that twenty five game span and was terrific when Henrik Lundquist got hurt. He went to Edmonton, struggled early, had a phenomenal season last year. But you just wonder, what exactly is Cam Talbot? Now, I'll be the first person to tell you that you need your goaltender to play great rather than have a great goaltender. But Brossois and Talbot, to me, just really struggled. Last night's a perfect example. Now, St. Louis is one of the best teams in the league. But you can't give up eight goals. You can't have your goaltender give up two goals on three shots and get pulled. So now you add goaltending to the mix of the problems they have with consistency scoring goals. And you just wonder if Edmonton's ever going to be able to get out of this. They are the second-to-last team in the conference. They are 7-12-2 with just 16 points. Now, it's still very early. They're not that far out of a playoff spot. But this 21 games is the quarter pole. And this was a team that was legitimately discussed as a team that can go to the Stanley Cup final representing the Western Conference. Now, the NHL is kind of strange, right? American Thanksgiving is usually that time where you see where teams are. But over the last couple of years, we've seen teams be very good the first quarter of the season and then fall off. And other teams kind of ratcheted up, sneak into the playoffs and make a run. Did anybody think Nashville was going to be that close to winning a Stanley Cup? So there's still time. But you got to make the playoffs, and you can dig yourself a hole you can't get out of. You do not win Stanley Cups in October or November, but you can lose them. You can dig yourself a hole you can't get out of. Now, I'm not going to give up on this team. I think there's just too much talent there. But you begin to question now if the goalie is going to be an issue. And there were already issues up front, and I'm not exactly sure how deep their defense is, because if you're telling me the loss of Secura is going to just devastate your hockey team, well, then you weren't good enough to begin with anyway. Remember, they went to the playoffs for the first time in 11 years last year. They beat San Jose. They took the, the Ducks right to it. So we made the assumption that it was going to extrapolate out. Maybe this team's taking a step back. You still have Connor McDavid. You still have Leon Dreisidel, You still have Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But you know what? In all the years leading up to them missing the playoffs, a lot of the guys that I mentioned were also there. So it's time to gel. I'm not going to say that Todd McClellan is the issue here, but sometimes coaches do get fired when there's nothing else left to do. So they made the trade for Camillary. So far it hasn't worked. We'll see if they kind of toy with things getting closer to the deadline, but they are right up against it with the cap. So... There are issues abounding right now in Edmonton with the Oilers, and they lose eight to three uh, in St. Louis. So Vancouver beats Philadelphia five to two. Again, what exactly is Philadelphia now? Right, they, this is a team that's been hovering around 500 in a very competitive metropolitan division. You take a look at the Metro, and we've discussed this before. The Devils are in first place with 27 points. Philadelphia is in last place with 20. So there's only seven points separating the best team of the division and the last team of the division, Philadelphia, and the Rangers have played this same amount of games as philadelphia and only have a, a two-point lead so philadelphia is not out of it by any stretch but isn't there more talent than this team being eight nine and four especially with the with the uh draft pick of nolan patrick um little surprised that philadelphia is in the situation that they're in but you know they lose at home to a vancouver team that's been a bit of a surprise i don't know what's going on with montreal price is back practicing but it's really beyond the goal uh the goaltending at this point dallas gets a nice win at home against Montreal, so Montreal will be in Nashville tonight. So I think the Canadians are in a whole whole heap of trouble. Ton of games tonight. We talked about the Rangers and the Hurricanes. I'm here in Carolina for that one. Ryan McDonough out with an abdominal strain. It's day to day. He didn't make the trip. So the likelihood of him playing against Detroit on Friday is probably pretty slim. A Sunday afternoon game against Vancouver. So if I were to guess, I'd say McDonough is probably going to miss the rest of those games and be out. The good news is, if you're a Ranger fan, Stephen Kempfer's played well. Smith has been decent since coming back. So they have the defense. But you're still looking at, you know, Ryan McDonough, who's really struggled. And that's also part of the good news, too, is that maybe there's a reason for McDonough's struggles with this abdominal strain. So your blue line is going to look like this. Kemper's going to play with Stahl. Smith is going to play with Holden. So he gets elevated up to the top spot. Not bad, right? Smith goes from being a healthy scratch to now being on the top pairing. And, of course, you'll have Shattenkirk and Shea rounding out the top six. Devils are home for the Boston Bruins. The big news out of New Jersey is that Kyle Palmieri is going to be out for over a month because of the broken foot that he sustained in the victory over Minnesota. So give the Devils credit. Uh, They did have a really tough loss to Toronto. They did earn a point. They blew a two-goal lead late against Minnesota, but they won that game in overtime, and the Devils maintained first place. But it seems like they just continue to get injuries. Zay Jack came back in the Toronto game and had a couple of opportunities, so he's back. But you bring Zay Jack back, and now Palmieri's out. We're still waiting for Johansson with his injury, so. You got a bunch of kids playing well. The Devils have been able to sustain it, but they need a Kyle Palmieri to be in the lineup and be Kyle Palmieri. They need Adam Henrique to be Adam Henrique. They need Zay Jack to come back and be Zay Jack. You can't continue to rely on the brats and the butchers and the hechers and the Zakas and the young players. Some of the veterans here are going to have to get healthy and play well. And of course, the Boston Bruins banged up, but I think they did a pretty decent job at the back end of that Western uh, Conference swing and Interested to watch that game tonight. Islanders, they had the big win against Tampa, but a little bit of a letdown the next night here in Carolina against the Hurricanes. They'll take on, you know, the reeling Flyers. The Canadians, they're a mess. They're going to be in Nashville. Predators are starting to get better now. We told you, watch out for the Nashville Predators. They're going to get hot, wild. Uh, they cooled off a little bit by the Devils, but they're in Buffalo to take on the Sabres. Oilers, again, reeling. They're going to take on the Detroit Red Wings, so the Oilers are playing. They're going to be in Detroit to take on the Red Wings. So now i got to try to figure out which of the – 31 teams are not playing I'll I'll figure that out in a second Maple Leafs and the Panthers from Florida Uh, the Maple Leafs Anderson's playing terrific and if Anderson's going to play this way then maybe you don't concern yourself much about the blue line and just let that team go out there and score Uh, they did have the tough loss we didn't get a chance to talk about it because we didn't have a game misconduct yesterday but it looks like Matthews scored the tying goal against Arizona. Give the Coyotes credit. They walk into Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto and sweep those three for a team that had two wins going into that road trip, and they come back with more wins in the road trip than they had the entire season. But Matthews scores. I think they got it right on the goaltender interference. Pushed in. The stick kind of pushed at the goaltender, Ranta. I don't have a problem with that goal being taken off the board. Who knows what happens if that goal ends up counting. Likely the Leafs win the game, but... Tough break for Toronto, but still very, very good. Uh, Canucks and Penguins, that's an interesting test for Vancouver going up against a Penguin team that has been, again, a little wishy-washy this season. I got a ton of people asking me to get somebody on with the Washington Capitals. After the break, after the Thanksgiving break here, sometime next week, I'm going to get somebody on covering the Capitals, to find out why this team's only a game above 500. And at 11, 10, and 1, you literally are 500. You've only won half the games that you played. Against an Ottawa team that I got to see on Sunday firsthand, and the biggest difference to me, and I've talked to people who just aren't high on Ottawa, I am. And I think this Duchesne trade is going to really help the Senators. Just not getting the quality goaltending they got last year. Flames and the Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets playing well despite the fact they haven't been able to score any goals. Uh, A um, rematch of the 2015 Stanley Cup Final with the Blackhawks and Lightning from Tampa. Uh, Lightning cooled off just a bit, but still only three regulation losses against the Blackhawk team that, again, is still hovering around 500. Dallas and Colorado. Colorado has been a fun watch with some really nice wins. Coyotes trying to make it four in a row against the Sharks against San Jose. That game will be in Arizona. 1030, the Golden Knights and the Ducks and the Kings, losers of what six of their last seven games will take on the Winnipeg Jet team that got cooled off the other night as well. So let's hear from you with the tweets. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct is a way to get in touch touch with us here, and you guys have known that for a long time now. So let's get started. I'm sure a bunch of people wanted to chime in here. (laughs) Mark says, with Keenan's 94 reality check to smith that playoffs and regular season are totally different animals even in first place. How much urgency does Jeff Gordon have to upgrade the team given players like Miller, Hayes, Kreider, etc., all had solid 16-17s but disappointing springs. Thanks, Don. Of course, you're alluding, and it's interesting, I had a long conversation at breakfast today at the hotel with John Giannone about how 94, remember Keenan made all those trades, bringing in Anderson, bringing in Noonan, um, bringing in um, Mateau, And all those players really worked out, and they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. So nobody cared that Tony Amante and Doug Waite were gone. If they had not won, well, then if they had lost to the Devils in the conference final, then you'd probably be you know, aggravated every time you saw Tony Amante scoring big goals for Team USA, big goals for the Chicago Blackhawks. So you had to win the Cup. And what the Rangers then did was fast forward 20 years later – with the St. Louis deal, and you ended up giving him three first-round picks, two with the St. Louis deal, you gave him a first-round pick to get Yandel to make up for the loss of Strollman, and the Rangers made those deals because they really felt they were close to winning the cup. What happens? They go to the Stanley Cup final and lose. They go to the conference final and lose, and now you're having conversations about, boy, wouldn't Anthony Duclair look good on this team? Wouldn't, wouldn't uh, one of those first-round picks maybe have matured by now becoming a special player? I digress, but what I mean with the Rangers and their trading they're going to have to make some sort of a deal if this team falters. They're still a non-playoff team right now. I don't know who goes. Is it Kreider? Is it Hayes? I don't think they're going to trade anybody from the blue line. I just can't afford to trade Brady Shea. And you can't trade Nash, who's in the last year of his contract. You can't trade Henrik Lundqvist It's just too much. But they are not going to stay pat. Believe me, Gordon and the and the Rangers are not going to stay pat. They are going to make some sort of a move. The question is... Will the move come sooner or later? Will it be a maintenance deadline move? Or let's say this team really struggles. Because the one thing the Rangers can't do is what the Devils have done in recent years, and that is we're not going to be good, we're going to lose, we're going to be irrelevant, but eventually we're going to get a bunch of young kids and we're going to compete. It's hard to be irrelevant in New York. Ask the Knicks. Ask the football teams. Ask the Yankees. See what happens to the Mets when they become irrelevant. You know, the Rangers want to continue. They play on Broadway, and they feel like they want to be able to give a special um, story, a special team to their fan base. And even though the team is out of the playoffs, they still have marquee names. They still have the ability, if they sneak into the playoffs, to make a run. They really can't afford to hit the reset button. So as Jeff Gordon says, trying to change on the fly, trying to rebuild on the fly, very difficult thing to do. The Yankees have done it. Not sure if the Rangers are going to be able to do it. Gordon says, Ducks have played well. You think that they're turning it around, or is there just too many injuries that they'll have to continue treading water until uh, Getzloff uh, gets back and Kessler gets back? First wild card is impressive considering. That's the key. I mean, if, if Gibson and Miller are going to give you solid goaltending, if you can get the guys that are around to play well, you can survive this. There's a lot of guts. You're a well-coached team. There this is a team that's been through a lot, conference final last year. There's a lot of heart and soul players on that team. I think if there's a team in the league that can survive it. Now, you can't get too, they can't pile up too much. I mean you need Eves back, you need Getzloff back. But I do think that's a very interesting story that they have not put their tail between their legs and they played some pretty decent hockey. Vincent says, "Longtime listener, first-time caller, or tweeter, I guess, in this case. What's happening to the Los Angeles Kings? They had such a strong start and now seem like they're tanking. Thanks for all you do. Please advise. Well, we can't completely discard the the loss of of Carter. Uh, When you lose a player of that ilk, Uh, Kopitar kind of leveling off a bit. You know, quick leveling off a bit. This team played such amazing hockey that sometimes it's going to come back. You're seeing it. You're going to see it with Tampa eventually too. With the parity in this league, and 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 all you have to judge on is the beginning of the season, right? Like anybody can play a really solid ten, fifteen game span. Even a team that's going to miss the playoffs can play a 10, 15-minute chunk of great hockey. doesn't necessarily mean it's sustainable, and it doesn't necessarily mean it'll get you into the playoffs. But when you do it in the beginning of the season, that becomes who you are, right? Like the Rangers last year, they won 14 of their first 17 games. That would suggest that they're a cup team, but it's only 17 games. You still have too many more games left to eventually level off. and And unless you are that team, like maybe Tampa is the best team in the league, and they won't level off. What, was it crazy to expect Los Angeles to sustain it? So now it's about what exactly is level. Is level a non-playoff team? Is level closer to what you were at the start of the season? But some of the great guys out of the gate, you know, Kempy comes out and just is a is a house on fire. Is that sustainable for a young kid to be able to carry a team? So I'll keep an eye on the Los Angeles Kings for you because I think they're they're really good thought. Uh, Really good team, but right now they might be leveling off just a bit. Mike wants to know my thought on the Islanders. The Islanders are not quite the devils where they're being carried by their young players. But when when you see – you go into the season, right, and you look at Barzell and say, boy, that that could be a nice contributor, and then you see that he's a candidate for the Calder Trophy in the first quarter of the season – that's big time. I mean, that, that's, that's something that you didn't think that you necessarily had in the equation and now has become a big part of what you do. Now we'll see if that continues. Everly's starting to score goals. Bailey has been really good for them. I like this Islander team a lot. Can't always be about JT. Other guys are starting to emerge and make things happen. Uh, James asks the $64,000 question, who is the best team in the Metropolitan Division? Well, when you've got seven points separating first and last, first place, Devils would suggest that it should be the Devils. But I think you're asking more of a deeper question, who do I think is the best team? I don't think it's Washington. They did lose Olsner, not great back end of the blue line. Um, I don't think Washington is. I still think Pittsburgh's in the conversation. The only negative about Pittsburgh is have they played too many games over the last few years? but we've been saying that and they continue to go out there and be great. And you know, right now they're hovering as we said around, you know, a little of 3 games above 500, nothing special. But I ask you, Rangers aren't in that conversation, Philly's not in that conversation. I need to see more of Carolina, but I don't think they're ready for that conversation. Columbus I think is in the conversation. Pittsburgh's in the conversation. I'm not sure that you would put New Jersey in that conversation just yet because I need to see more. But I'm going to say Pittsburgh just because of the pedigree, the superstars on the team. It may not show in the standings over 82 games, but you let me ask you this. I don't know who James roots for. Is there anybody that you would hate to see more than the Pittsburgh Penguins in the playoffs? Right? I think you can handle any other team, but if you had to match up, let's say you're the Islanders, you're the Devils, you're, you're having a, a a surprise type of season, you put some things together. Let's say you're Carolina and you get back into the playoffs and you play well and your first meeting's with Pittsburgh. You're not going to be happy about that. Let's be honest. Uh, NYR Fanatic says, besides the shootout, because I know your opinion on it, what is the one thing you would change about the league game? For me, I want to clear... Uh, definition of what a goaltender interference is. I'm on the you know, that's great. I I love the fact that they added the coach's challenge to the offside. So I'm glad they changed that. Um, I thought about goaltender interference. Here's what I would change about goaltender interference. If you make contact with the goaltender, the goal's waved off. Right? Unless you are clearly pushed in. This whole idea of it's a judgment call, is it really when you look at the when you look at the way it's reviewed, again, by the officials, when there is contact with the goaltender, they usually are going to go with goaltender interference. This whole debate on, well, he got knocked down, but he was able to set himself before the shot. Every analysis is it says that. Every analyst says that. And then what ends up happening? They go to the review. Uh, the goal is disallowed because of goaltender interference. So I don't want to get it to the point like it was 20 years ago where you had a toe in the crease and the goal was disallowed. You make contact with a goaltender, no penalty, goal waved off. Just make it cut and dry. This this whole uh, illusion of it being a judgment call is just aggravating the heck out of everybody. Uh, Jordan asks, hey, Don, right now, who would you rather have, Nugent Hopkins or Mitch Marner? I'm going to go with Mitch Marner. Now, he hasn't had a great season, but he's a little bit younger, and I just feel that he's got a chance to pop. We've watched Nugent Hopkins for a while now. I think he is what he is. I think he had the whole uh, pressure of being the first overall pick. I don't think he's of that ilk, um, but I do think he's a very good player. But I'm going to go with Mitch Marner. That would be my pick. Uh, let's see. MK says, Don, love the podcast. Great that it's expanded to cover all teams. Could Rask be a negative, negatively affected by his benching long term? Bruins have nice pair of wins in California. I do agree. Hugh Dobin, to me, just seems to be the future, right? I mean, you know, goaltenders do age quickly. I know Marty Brodeur and Dominic Hasha kind of bucked that trend a little bit, but you're seeing Hank now about to turn 36 years old, a little bit of a change to to the way he plays. Roberto Luongo, now that he's gotten older, certainly isn't on that level. Um, I think Rask understands it, and, and I think everybody realizes, and maybe people closer to the Boston Bruins might have a little bit of a different opinion, and rightly so. I just think uh, Hugh Dobin seems to be the guy there. Forever Blue Shirts Game Day says if uh, Ryan McDonough ends up missing more than a game or two, would the Rangers bring up D'Angelo and um, Pionk? Well, Pionk, I guess, would be next, right? I mean, D'Angelo just looked like he was in over his head. I'll talk more about it with Dave when I see him later on tonight because he's a former defenseman, so he might have a little bit of a, a more expertise opinion. Um, Pionk, had, uh, Pionk had a really good uh, training camp uh, right up there with Hedel. Um I don't know how they are felt within the organization what the pecking order is obviously D'Angelo they traded for him they gave him the opportunity earlier in the season but it just didn't seem to fit I'll try to find out more information about that Sam Diaz says hey Don missed my game misconduct fix yesterday Sam actually tweeted me upset that we didn't do a game misconduct I, I do appreciate that but we i, I just needed the break with the Malcolm Suban back on the roster would he or Le, um legacy be vegas's number one goaltender in a flurry returns wishing you and your family a happy thanksgiving i hope to see you on friday at the rangers game i'll be call, i'll be uh, calling the ranger leaf game uh, rangers um wings game on friday so we will definitely hook up sam <sighs> uh legacy here's the thing they went suban they got he was a part of what they wanted Legacy's played well since coming in, but remember, he was the fourth option. So I think Subban, from what I hear from the people around Vegas, is that they really had big plans for him. So I, even though Legacy has done a good job to keep the team's head above water with all these catastrophic injuries they had in goal, I think Subban will be the guy. Brett Lundstik says, would really hurt if McDonough's injury is serious early, but this game is huge. Rangers and Hurricanes are tied in points. Yeah, it's a big game. First meeting between these two teams, And when you have seven points, the difference between first and last in the division, how you play against each other is going to go a long way to who comes out of the division. And how have the Rangers done? Lost in overtime to Pittsburgh. Lost in regulation uh, to New Jersey. They have not played Philadelphia yet. They've lost two or three uh, games against the Columbus Blue Jackets, including getting shut out, losing both games in Columbus. So... They haven't played well in their division. Got to start getting some wins, getting wins on the road. They've lost three straight games here in Carolina, so maybe they'll be able to get things going. Chris says, Hextall responded to the Flyers' five-game losing streak by calling uh, up forward uh, Danik Martell and defenseman Sam Moran. They are very high on him. Not that these two are the answers, but if the team doesn't rebound soon, is the coach on the hot, hot seat? Have a happy Thanksgiving. I like Haxthall as a coach. Um, I can't really get a feel. We haven't seen them live yet to see what the issues are there. Again, that was a non-playoff team last year. I had them on the bubble this year. Um, they obviously feel like they should be playing better. Elliot, I think, has played decently for them in goal. Uh, you've got a nice blue line with Gods to spare. Uh, certainly, um, with the young future and Provolov also very, uh, <sighs> I don't know. I'm loath to fire a coach. It just seems so lazy to do it, especially Philadelphia should be better. But are you really that surprised they're around 500? This was a team that had to start the year with that Western swing. They've had kind of a kooky schedule. I'm a big fan of Hackstall. I give him a little bit more of a chance there. Uh, Jack says um, thoughts on the play of Carolina's top guys: Aho, Teravainen, Stall, Scoring is coming along. Well, Aho's the one guy we were waiting for, right? He's got three goals, but he went the longest period of time without scoring. When I watch the Carolina Hurricanes, Skinner can't always be the guy, right? Stahl, center, has got to play well. Teravainen, I liked him in Chicago. These are your top-line guys, right? It's Ajo playing with Stoll and Taravainen, right? So that's your top line, and they've got to produce. And you've got, you've got nice forwards on there. Uh, Nordstrom's a nice forward. Ryan's a nice forward. You know, I was preparing for this game. I think there's some talent there, and certainly, you know, Slavin is great on the blue line. I love their blue line a lot. I love Pesci. I love um, Hannafin. Flurry's going to get a char- chance to play tonight, but – Jack, you just described their top line and that top line has to click. Brandon says, Don, love the show. My question for game is conduct is Preds versus Montreal tonight. Are we all in agreement that Nashville won that trade yet? Boy, it looks like it, doesn't it? Uh, and I can't say that Weber is the reason that Montreal's in the situation that they're in. But they made that deal because they didn't think they didn't think PK fit. I don't buy into the racial aspect. I, don't, I just think that he didn't fit because he didn't play his position well defensively. He made mistakes. It drove Michelle Terrien crazy. What's interesting is Michelle Terrien's not there anymore. So that ends up being a hit uh, to Bergevin for making that deal. Also, you, you traded age. Weber's significantly older. So, but you made that deal because you felt that Weber fit what you were now, Because you felt you were a contender now. Well, last year you went to the playoffs. You lost in the first round. Doesn't look like you're a playoff team this year. Nashville with P.K. Subban goes to game six of the Stanley Cup final, and I think they're clearly a playoff team this year. So, Brandon, win to Nashville. Uh, Ricky says, thankful for your podcast in this uh, community. Everyone's questions make me a better fan. Question, I thought this year's Western Conference contender would go through Edmonton, but are they struggling Will they put will they pull out of their nosedive? I don't know. I, I and it's interesting. When I go on the road or even when I when I do games at home, the first thing I try to do is I have a lot of relationships with broadcasters around the league because I'm a broadcaster, so I relate more to them and have more access to them than talking to the players and the general manager where the access isn't nearly as much. I never heard a broadcast crew kill their team more than the broadcast crew killed Edmonton. Be- and they're really legitimately concerned. And these are people that are around the team every single day. They're, 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 they're a cap mess. They're right up against the cap. We mentioned their wingers just aren't uh, been good enough. They don't have a terrific blue line. Their goaltending certainly is in question. It's nice to have the best player in the world but you sometimes you just need more than that one top line. I mean if it was one to, if it was a one line league, Carolina would be better, Dallas would be better. I mean anybody can put one line together. Got to be deeper than that. If you want to make runs, you got to be deeper. They surprised people last year. There's a big difference. Toronto's going to go through this too where you go from making the playoffs for the first time in forever and now you're labeled as a cup contender. Now, that's a lot to deal with. A, a lot to deal with. Uh, Tom says, uh, did you see the SNL Rangers skit with Chance the Rapper? If not, here's the link. I "I laughed a lot, but I also see hope for hockey growing and becoming appealing to all. It's been on the uptick for a long time. You're starting to see football's ratings struggle just a little bit. I mean, everybody's television ratings are struggling, but if you look beyond the television ratings and you look at the appeal – of the Winter Classic and how excited people are for it to be at City Field and the announcement that Notre Dame is going to host the 2019 Winter Classic with the Chicago Blackhawks and the Boston Bruins. I mean, you still see cities wanting a Winter Classic because they know that it's exciting and it's fun and they can get 80, 90, 100,000 people into some of these venues. When you hear that they're clearly going to go to 32 teams, there's a multitude of places that 32nd team can go. Seattle wants a team. Houston now wants a team. Kansas City's been begging for a team for a while. Of course, Quebec City, but just focusing on the teams here in the United States. So is hockey hot? Is hockey now not the fourth sport? Listen, it's there. It's in the conversation. And you're starting to see ESPN climb on board a little bit more with the expansion of this podcast, with uh, some of the work that they've done now on SportsCenter. You have stars you can sink your teeth into when you have an Austin Matthews who's fr- who was born in San Francisco and raised in Arizona, becoming one of the best hockey players in the world. That's marketable in the United States. It's hard sometimes when your best players are from Canada or when your best players are from Russia. It hurts the sport in the United States when the two best players are Ovechkin from Russia and Crosby from Nova Scotia. You want to be able to have the best players in the world and it could be Matthews versus McDavid, and at least America's got a dog in the fight, and it's not a guy from Michigan or Boston. It's a guy that's from Arizona who became a hockey fan because of the Coyotes. Those are all good indications that the sport is starting to move up. It's never going to be football. It's never going to be baseball. It's never going to be basketball, but it's got its place. You see how NASCAR is struggling now with its ratings, golf struggling with its ratings. I mean, everybody's struggling television-wise. But there's so many other aspects to the sport, the way that it is live, the way that it inter- interacts with um, with social media, and the games that are down, the number of games that are downloaded with NHL TV, the sport is doing very well. Uh, Chris says, big fan, Don, of everything that you do. Wish you, your family, a happy Thanksgiving. Devils have 62 games left. If they go 500 the rest of the way and finish with 89 points, and that's not counting extra overtime points, you think that gets them into the playoffs? Well, historically you got to get to the mid-90s. So maybe this division's a little bit different because it's so tight, but you've got to try to get – I always put the line at 92-93. Now, you have it at 89, but that's not counting, like you said, the 500 of the losses in overtime, which can get you points. That's what you got to look at. The Devils right now, as I take a look at the standings, the New Jersey Devils have played 20 games, and they have 27 points. So how many points – so so do the math. They need another, I think, 68 points to be able to get to the playoffs. Let's put it at 60, 67 points, all right? So can they get 67 points in their last 62 games? It's not asking for a lot. It's just slightly over a point a game. And with all these extra points that they throw out there for just being tied at the end of regulation – yeah, there's a very good possibility they could play be a playoff team. Uh, let's see. Kevin says, how big is Palmieri's injury to the Devils with him being out four to six weeks? Who has to step up in your opinion? Also, I hope you have a great holiday. Thank you. Um, well, certainly Zajac being back is going to help. You know, they're getting tremendous production offensively from a lot of their younger players, and I still think they can get more from Heischer. The good news is they've played without Palmieri already and actually played pretty well. So... I think there's a multitude of guys that need to step up there. Five minute major. Don, I am thankful for game misconduct and everything you do for the sport of hockey. As we reach the benchmark of U.S. Thanksgiving in the NHL, who are your nominees for? Wow. (laughs) You're giving me Art Russ, Calder, Hart, Norris, Rocket Richard, Vesna. Um, I'll go easy here. the Vesna, I'm going to give to Bobrovsky because he has played just amazing right now. The Rocket Richard, I think has to go to Kucherov because he's the leader in goals. Norris Trophy is interesting. i got to think about that a little bit harder. The Hart Trophy for league MVP. Well, I mean, how do you, you know, Kucherov is going to be in the conversation for that too, especially if Tampa ends up with the President's Trophy. Coulter right now I think you have to go to, um, to uh, uh, Cl- Keller. Clayton uh, Keller, I think, has to be your um, your rookie of the year. And your Art Ross, hmm. Got to think about these. There's a couple of them I got to think about. Um, you didn't mention Jack Adams. It's too early for the coach of the year. So I'll think about some of the other ones. You gave me a really nice homework assignment to, probably, to be able to think about on the fly. Uh, let's see. Alex says, on the topic of expansion, if when the Quebec City and, and Seattle get teams, what do you think their nickname should be? Would Quebec City be the Nordiques again? I sure hope so. I like the fact that they didn't jerk around in Winnipeg and just named them the Jets. So I would think in Quebec City that would be the case. I'd like, in any other situation, you'd want to name Seattle Maybe what the basketball team was because they missed them so much there, but Supersonics sounds more basketball than hockey, right? Uh, I don't know. Seattle, that's a tough one. I mean, you want to be able to honor kind of what the Pacific Northwest is about. So do you want to just be lame and you know, do with the Seattle Mariners, Seattle Seahawks? Do you want to do something with the ocean? Do you want to do something with fish? I don't know. But I'm, I'm really hoping that if the Nor- – I'm hoping the Nordiques get a team. I'm really hoping when they do get the team that that team is going to be um, the Nordiques. I really do think that's important. U.S. Hockey Best says, hey, Don, which Stanley Cup team do you think had the toughest route to the playoffs to winning it all? Off the top of my head, the 12 Kings as an eight seed facing 1, 2, and 3 in the West before facing Jersey. Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Good question. I mean, the Kings in 2014 had to come back from 3 nothing down against San Jose. But when you talk about the toughest well, certainly it has to be the Kings, right? Because they were an eight seed. Uh, the Devils were a six seed in '95 when they won the Cup, so they had home ice disadvantage the entire way when they played the teams they had to play, and then some, had to play some really tough teams to boot, with Boston, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and then of course the Stanley, the the Detroit Red Wings, who were such a heavy favorite. So I put the '95 Devils up there as well. Well, we got to as many as we could. We got to cut it short here because i got to get ready to do the Michael K. show here in an empty arena at PNC for the Rangers and the Hurricanes. So that game's going to be on 10:50 because the Knicks are on 98-7. So see if the Rangers have won seven of their last nine, can get back to on track on the road here. The last two road games were against Chicago and Columbus, and they lost both of those games. So Rangers trying to get back some mojo on the road. They've always been good away from Madison Square Garden, but have lost five of the seven games on the road so far this year. So hopefully – Um, they'll be able to change that tonight against Carolina. And I'll have the call coming up on uh, 1050. I'm also doing the pre and post as well. So they got me working like a dog today. But believe me, my dad worked a lot harder than I did. I'm sitting here talking hockey with you. My dad was an electrician. So believe me, when he put it in a 12-hour day, it was a heck of a lot tougher than I had to put my 12-hour day in. So I'll be back again on Friday. So no show tomorrow. Hopefully everybody has a tremendous Thanksgiving. And thanks for all of the Thanksgiving wishes. And, of course, I'm thankful for you. The download numbers have been tremendous. People have really hooked on to the show, not just in New York, but around the entire platform of ESPN around the country. Once this thing has went national, it's really exploded. So the fact that you guys download this, it's easy to turn on the radio, turn on the television, but the fact that you guys put in the work to listen to this show every day, I really appreciate it. So you guys are thankful for regain misconduct conduct, tenfold for me being thankful for you listening to it. Uh, I tweeted out that I was going to have my top five, that's because I'm stupid and because I feel because tomorrow... Tomorrow's a day off that it was a Friday when it was actually just a Wednesday. So my top five will be on Friday like it usually is. So no game misconduct tomorrow. We'll have a ton of games to recap on Friday. I'll give you my top five on Friday, get you set up for the weekend. Everybody, please, have a wonderful and safe Thanksgiving holiday. We'll talk to you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. Thanks for listening to the Game Misconduct podcast. Looking for more Don LaGreca? Hear him on the Michael K. Show weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York and worldwide on the ESPN app. And don't forget to subscribe to the Game Misconduct Podcast on the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.